stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I want to begin in this hour with some conversation around what we're calling the Paradise Papers. Uh, and this is making news uh, right around the world. And certainly there's some Canadian context to some of these stories. Uh, but this is uh, a massive leak of uh, documents, more than 5,000 documents. And these are offshore financial records. People might recall the Panama Papers. Well, this is a similar story. Uh, and basically, it's shedding some light, I guess, on where the uh, uber wealthy uh, are stashing their money or what they're doing to move money around, move their wealth around, uh, and perhaps avoid paying taxes, taxes where they live or finding ways to to pay uh, less tax, or maybe even in some cases, no tax. So, I mean, that's what's, I think, frustrating to a lot of people about some of these revelations, that uh, maybe a lot of this is is legal, uh, but should it be? Now, in the uh, wake of the publication of these documents, the Canada Revenue Agency has indicated that they are going to be uh, doing their own investigation. Uh, there's some embarrassing revelations for some uh, powerful people in this country. Joining us to talk a bit more about these uh, papers and uh, what it is they tell us. Very pleased uh, to welcome the program here today. Uh, Marco Chon Oved, who is a, an investigative reporter with the Toronto Star, the star.com. Marco, thanks for joining us here today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Rob. All right. Explain how this all came about. Now, the Toronto Star was uh, one of the, the media outlets involved in, in breaking this news. Well, we were part of the ICIJ. This, uh, it's a bit of a tongue twister. It's the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. And this is a Washington-based group that brings together, uh, you know, about 300, almost 380 journalists from about 65 countries all over the world. And uh, they were the guys who organized the uh, international collaboration around the Panama Papers about uh, 18 months ago. And so in, in many ways, this is really the Panama Papers, too, in the sense that it was the same organization in Washington that brought together all these parties partners from around the world, and the Star and CBC are the two Canadian partners, and so we've been lucky enough to be brought in at the, uh, you know, at the foundational level of this uh, investigation, and uh, it's been eight, nine months that we've been working on this massive database that I just should point out. I know you got, you got the 5,000 number right in terms of that's the number of documents we found in, on the Bronfman-Kolber file, but the whole, right. the whole leak, yeah. it's about 13.5 million documents. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's important to clarify that because it's shows you how massive this is. Uh, so essentially, though, these are financial records detailing investments in what are essentially offshore trust funds there. Yeah, I mean, what we have here is so it's uh, this database is actually pretty complicated in the sense that it comes from two different law firms based in tax havens, plus there are 19 corporate registries from tax havens all over the planet. Uh, and so what we have is quite a lot of um, normal business records that are already public in most countries, like uh, in Canada, you can just go online and go to the you know corporate registry, the federal corporate registry, type in any name you want and find out this information who owns the companies, when they were registered, that kind of stuff. But in tax havens, that's one of the things, the commodities that they offer their clients. So they say, you know, you can invest here, you can open a trust fund, you could have a bank account, you can have a company, and none of that will ever be made public, and not even to uh, search warrants or foreign, uh, uh, foreign tax in, uh, investigators. All this information is kept secret. And so what these massive leaks do is they essentially make information that is public in most of the world 
public in the parts of the world where it's still secret. Do you think, if, if we talk about our right to know then, because if, if people aren't breaking the law, um, what, what is the public interest in this information? Well, you've nailed it. The public interest is, is, is our bar. You know, people often say, well, what, what we see here, it's not necessarily illegal. And, I, you know, and I always respond that as an investigative reporter, our bar for publication is not legal, illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's for the CRA to decide. What our bar for publication is, is public interest. And when you've got billions and billions of dollars going overseas into tax havens, that's billions of dollars in tax that aren't being collected every year. And that affects each and every Canadian, for whether it be uh, through your school, your hospitals, repaving the roads. Someone else has to make up for that shortfall. And it means that regular people have to pay more tax because the ultra-wealthy and international uh, multinational companies are moving their profits overseas where they're not to be taxed. Right. I think that, and that's what's so frustrating to average Canadians that, um, you know, we work hard, we pay our taxes, and, um, you know, we, we don't have all of these uh, tools at our disposal that uh, it seems that the ultra wealthy do. And it almost seems as though there's, there's really not a level playing field. Well, we, we call it almost like a two-tier tax system in the sense that, you know, there's the tax system that all of us have to abide by, you know, and you've got, there are legal tax shelters, you know, people put money in their RSP, people put money in their TFSA, but there isn't a giant price tag associated with those legal tax shelters. What, but if you have a certain amount of money, if it's starting to get into the millions and billions, then you can move your money offshore into the Cayman Islands, into the BVI, into Bermuda, where you can set up structures that are even more tax advantageous. And they might be legal according to the letter of the law, but the implications for the rest of us, the policy implications, the amount of money that is not being collected uh, in tax, means that this has a great impact on uh, Canadian society. Well, let's talk about two of those individuals in particular, and people might recognize uh, some of these names. Certainly the Bromfenman name is is well known in, in Canada. Uh, Leo Kolber, a retired senator, is another. So the, these are well-connected liberals, uh, liberal fundraisers. Uh, how, how did they tie in here? Well, I mean, this is why we went. We looked at this story. If it was just about regular wealthy people, not sure that it um, is that interesting. You know, everyone sort of says obviously rich people use tax havens, but not every rich person is the chief fundraiser for the Liberal Party of Canada, and when, and not every uh, prime minister gets elected on a promise to crack down on the rich and to bring tax fairness to Canadians. And so this really cuts to the heart of Justin Trudeau's message and the people that helped him get elected. And so. Uh, I guess what our big story today that ran in the paper uh, was about the Colbert Trust, which is named after the Colbers, uh, Senate, former Senator Leo Colbert. But in fact, because we were able to go through all the documents, we know that the vast majority of the money is actually coming from the Bronfman family. And it all was a giant offshore structure, you know, to invest in Israel. And And I think this comes back again to when most people talk about trust funds, you think about, okay, this is a way of putting money aside for the next generation. Yeah. You're holding it in trust for your kids, and then, you know, we can make sure that that way the money is taken care of. But we see here the use of an offshore trust, not to hold money for their kids or their descendants or grandkids. This is active business being invested, you know, millions of dollars being invested in active businesses in Israel. And the tax advanta- advantage is obvious. If you invested straight from Canada into Israel, there'd be all sorts of taxes. But if if you invest first in the Caymans and then Caymans into Israel, it captures all the profits of those uh, investments in a tax, zero tax jurisdiction like the Cayman Islands. 
Uh, there's another well-known uh, liberal name that comes up in all of this, uh, Jean Chrétien, but he's uh, firing back today, uh, suggesting that uh, he didn't do anything. He had no kind of offshore account. And this gets to some some consulting work he did uh, for, I guess it's Madagascar Oil. He maintains that he thought this was a Houston-based company. Um, so how, how does Jean Chrétien get dragged into this? Well, this is the exact point that we're talking about, how everything is secret in tax havens. So you might be doing business for an oil company that you think is based in Houston. Little do you know that all their profits are actually booked in a tax haven. And when you're a former prime minister, of course, there carries a reputational risk there. And that's what's happened today. So you can see he's very resentful of any implication that he personally had money overseas. And that's not what our story says. In fact, our story just lays out what uh, what you described. He did some consulting work for an oil company. The oil company paid him. Everything seems legit. The problem is the oil company also issued him stock options. And we found that in the leak. Uh, When we went to Jean Chrétien and asked him, you know, what about these stock options? You've got stock options in a company registered in a tax haven. What's with that? And he said to us, and and, you know, I'm very inclined to believe him, that he he didn't even know he was issued these stock options. We know the (laughs) options were never exercised, so he never actually cashed them in. And it's possible that they just sort of put it on their books and never told him. And uh, I think that that's what, what, what we see here. All right. So we, we hear today that certainly the Canada Revenue Agency is uh, interested in going through all of this. Uh, so part of that would be to see, I guess, whether any anybody actually has broken the law here. But is there a conversation that stems from all of this about whether our tax laws need to change to prevent some of this? Well, one of the interesting points that comes out when we look at this, and I've had the benefit of having been looking at it since the Panama Papers, is that, uh, you know, Canada has an unprecedented number of tax treaties. We have 92 tax treaties with countries all over the world. And on top of that, we have about 20 tax information exchange agreements. And so 115, 120 um, tax deals with countries all over the world, and many of them signed with tax havens. And what this does is it just makes it way easier to move money into tax havens and to take money back out of tax havens and never to pay tax on that. And so we do really have these questions to the government saying, okay, you say you're cracking down on tax evasion, and yet you've signed all these treaties that make it way easier to, uh, to move your money into tax havens. What, what benefit is Canada getting from these treaties? If we admit that maybe uh, it's, it's a cost worth paying because we're able to crack down on tax evaders, great, then show us the tax evaders that we have caught with these treaties. Yes. But as far as we can tell, and I, you know, I've been involved in a back and forth with the CRA on this for more than a year, is that Canada's never actually gotten a single piece of information out of these tax treaties. And in exchange, we've opened up the floodgates for money to move overseas. Well, some very important reporting. Much more on all of this, thestar.com. Marco, thanks so much for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. All right, take care. Marco uh, Chon Obed, he's an investigative reporter with the Toronto Star, so they've been working on this for a very long time. Uh, this is a big, big story. So just as he says, 5,000 documents, well, that's just on, on Bronfman uh, and, and uh, Kohler themselves, or Kohler, rather. So just on, on these two, well-connected uh, Canadians, liberals, that there's that much information here, millions of documents that are part of this. So it's a huge story. Uh, our number here, 403-974-8255, 974-TALK. Uh, when we come back, we'll play for you a little bit of uh, some of the uh, awkward questions being raised about all of this in the uh, House of Commons today. We're back with more right after this.
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.